Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Yay, God. I feel the presence of God so strong. We are going to look at the spirit of rebellion. This is one of the main strongholds that Satan, strong men. This is one of the main strong men that Satan wants to put in every single person. We are born in iniquity, which means we are born in a state of rebellion. Okay. You are born rebellious. Amen. You are rebellious with no way of not being rebellious until you're born again. Amen. Until you're born again, everything you're trying to do, you're doing it without God. So I want you to realize that rebellion is living a life without God or not caring what he says. Now, when you're born again or you're raised to know that Jesus is real, in other words, you really have some understanding of God's word, right? Not getting eye contact, right? Okay. When you purposely rebel against something that you know is sin or you think is sin and you purposely rebel, even if you're not born again, again, (laughs) you're not born again, then you are blatantly rebelling against your conscience. Amen. Everyone has a conscience. You are born with a conscience. And so that's why the Lord can see is this person purposely rebelling is this person unintentionally rebelling or is this person just getting along even though they're in a rebellious state looking for God okay that that's pretty much where everybody's at you're either once you get enough to know that there's a God you're either going to be looking for God rebelling from God purposely or unintentional rebellion by trying to do things that you think are right, but you're actually going against the ways of God. Does everybody get that? Okay. So everyone in here and everyone listening and everyone who will hear this at some point in your life, you're going to recognize what we all recognize now, right? We were all born in sin, right? So we were all born rebellious. Amen. And Jesus had to come and die on the cross and go to hell for us and taste the grave for us and rise again, being completely unrebellious. He did not rebel against God ever. He didn't sin. He didn't rebel against God, right? And he did all that so that his blood could cover all of our rebellion, all of our sin. Amen. So that we could be born again. So that's why you have to repent first. Amen. You repent first of your rebellion, of your sin, of everything you've done against God, knowingly or unknowingly. And then his blood covers all of that. And then his spirit comes inside of you. Amen. And you're born again. So the minute you're born again, you actually have a spirit 
man that's not rebellious anymore. You've come back to life. You've come into life. Amen? Everybody got that? But your soul is still in a place of decision all the time as to am I going to rebel against God or am I going to submit to God? Okay, is everybody getting this? Now, when we're looking at strong men, we've been doing this for a while now, we're trying, we, the Bible says you have to bind, you have to bind the strong man, right? You have to bind him before you can plunder the house that he's built in you. In other words, before you can get rid of all the demonic stuff and all the wrong thinking and all the lies, all the strongholds, you have to actually, this is where we missed it before, you have to recognize what is this thing that I'm binding? Binding means I will not cooperate with you anymore. I forbid for you having authority in my life. I forbid you for um, making me into who the devil wants me to be. Amen? So you actually take a blatant strong stand against rebellion. Amen? And then you're going to see different areas where Satan tried to make you rebel, and you can get more specific with those. But really, rebellion is, is, is a big issue. Now, when you rebel and you purposely rebel, what would purposeful rebellion be? Purposeful rebellion would be when you know that you're not supposed to have an abortion or you know it's wrong to have sex outside of marriage or you know it's wrong, okay? Like you know it, but you do it anyway. That's rebellion, Doing drugs, breaking the laws, especially, and it's going to be so confusing for the younger generation now because our, our entire society's culture is trying to say that rebellion is normal and, and what we should be and everything else is wrong. Was it when they're calling evil good and good evil, right? So, but we're not dealing with that right now. We're dealing with, with our generation. We're dealing with um, all of those who are born again. To, to now realize, wait a minute, what do I need to take authority over to buy so I can get rid of all the stuff that's trying to order my steps, that's messing up my relationships, that's causing it hard for me to draw near to God, all these things. Does everybody get what I'm saying? And then all that's different for different people, and you've got to work through all that and listen to our teaching on the mentorship um, and, and start tearing that apart. But I really realized without really going after rebellion, you're going to have a hard time completely getting rid of those things um, that you took on in a rebellious state. Amen? So I want you, and I know you all brought your notebooks because I know you're not rebellious on Tuesday nights. So get out your phones where you type everything in to get away with not having a notebook. All right. I want you to take a minute, and those who are watching us, and I want you to see what Holy Spirit puts in your mind or what you just know right away, I know I rebelled. Rebellion is going against your conscience, amen? Rebellion is going against what you believe God wants, okay? When did you first blatantly rebel, or when's one of the times that you know that stands out in your thinking that you rebelled against God or your conscience? Do I want anybody to go around and say, no, we don't need to put that on the radio. <laughs> we want people to come to this church. I'll give some examples, though. If you were brought up Christian, even if you were brought up 
in a, in a Christian denomination that wasn't on target. But you really believed in Jesus Christ and you really had somewhat of an idea legalistically what was wrong and what was right. And you walked away from that and embraced new age. That is a blatant rebellious spirit. Okay, if you knew that sex outside of marriage is wrong and yet you know you participated in it, the very first time and every time after that, that was rebellion. That will keep an unclean spirit bothering you in your dreams, bothering your family, trying to stay connected to you. Amen. And every time you continue to participate in that, you made that thing stronger. Everybody's really quiet now. How many know we have an entire culture where everything they put on TV, in music, everything they try to promote and do is rebellion against God? Now, I'm not going to have time to get into tonight, but just look up, I might get a little bit, look up the scriptures about how God feels about rebellion. Our entire nation is going through what it's going through now. Actually, the world is because of rebellion against God. All right. It could be something as, I won't say anything's little. The enemy could get in when you told your parents a lie and you knew lying was wrong. It's when you purposely did something that you knew was wrong. Now, remember, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So this isn't about, oh. This is about, oh, I want to hate rebellion. Okay, this isn't about why did you rebel? This isn't about how mean your mother was or how angry your father was or how you didn't have a parent in the home. This isn't about the why you rebelled. Amen? This is about when did you rebel? Now, put another line. This isn't going to be for everyone. When did you rebel in such a way to sear your conscience. Sear your conscience means you knew it was wrong, but you did it anyway. You justified it. You turned your heart against God and you didn't really care what he thought anymore. And you basically changed. Um, we have an entire nation with a seared conscience um, we have people who go to church and are born again, and yet they have an area of a seared conscience if they participated in abortion and never really saw how horrible it was and repented. Amen? The major reason our nation is in the trial it's in right now is the murder of babies. Because it's a blatant, it is a blatant <coughs> rebellion against the life giver. Amen. And so we need to ask God to heal our, heal our seared conscience. Now, if you sear your conscience with rebellion, now just remember, seared conscience basically means I, I don't really care what God thinks about that. I don't care what my mom and dad think about that. I don't care what church thinks about that. I don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. So strong rebellion comes and says, I'm going to do what I want to do, no matter what. 
I don't care who it hurts. I don't care how you judge me. I don't care. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Amen? So, so you need to start seeing rebellion for what it is and hating it. Now, what's some unintentional rebellion? Religious spirit is unintentional. Taking God's word and trying to get your identity and knowing his word and telling everybody his word, but it's really opened you up to a Pharisee kind of spirit, which brings death to people, right? Right? That's an, to me, that, that's unintentional. You thought you were doing something good. You thought you were doing something right. And um, it's kind of cold in here. Somebody want to turn the heat on? Um, please, heater work. Anyway, so, so it's an unintentional rebellion. If you're in the new covenant, okay? And all, everybody who has been born the last couple thousand years, you're in the new covenant. Amen? So it's an unintentional rebellion because God says we're born again. God says, you know, once you know Christ, you get born again. Then you're led by his spirit. Then he's in charge and you do what he tells you to do. Okay. So when you try to do that a different way, it's unintentional rebellion. Okay. I really want some people to see this. When you cross lines that really, let me see this. When you cross lines that make you don't want anybody to know and there's shame attached to it. That's a place of rebellion. Remember, God knows everything you're doing all the time. You want his blood to cover every single thing that you don't want uncovered. Amen? We live in a very perverted uh, world right? And there is a lot, nowadays people don't even care if you know why there's conscience has the nation as a whole, a lot of it has a seared conscience. And that's when the Bible says there'll be lovers of self, lover of pleasures that are lovers of God. There's a whole list of attributes to those who've got seared their conscience. And it's very clear that in the last days, that's what we're going to see a lot of. Where's that at? Does anybody know where that's at in here? Second Timothy three. I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation, but we're also going to go look at another one. 2 Timothy 3.1. You need to be aware that in the final days, the culture of society will become extremely fierce and difficult for the people of God. People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful, ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander. Slave to their desires or their lust. They'll be ferocious. They'll be haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint. Bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasure of the world more than in the pleasures of loving God. They may pretend to have a respect for God, but in reality, they want nothing to do with God's power. And, stay, and he, he tells us, stay away from people like that. So it's rebellious to hang out with people like that and call them friends. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of stress and trouble will come. Difficult days that will be very hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, self-focused, um, narcissists, lovers of money, full of greed, boastful, arrogant, 
revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane. They will be unloving, devote of natural human affection. They will be calloused and inhumane, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, having no self-control, being immoral, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure instead of lovers of God. They will have a form of godliness, which will be a religion, but they will deny its power. They won't have real faith. Avoid such people and keep far away from them. How many know that sounds like our, how many know that sounds a lot like what's going on in our entire world right now? So we are in those last days. Nike, yes. This is 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. Now I would write that down and I would take some time going over that list, looking up the words, especially if you have the e-sword, you can look it up if you go to the King James Concord Version. And really ask the Lord to get all of that out of your heart. Amen? Get all of that out of your heart. Because you want to have authority over those, those things. The one thing that this spirit of rebellion, this kind of spirit against forget, who, forget God kind of thinking, one thing it has in there, you, you'll have a wall. And I know some of you have this or have had it. There'll be a wall that makes it impossible for you to know what real relationships are supposed to be like. So, so the relationships you have with people are about you. They're not about the other person. So you want to get married because you want a certain kind of spouse and you want them to take care of you and you want this. It's not about love. It's not about what can you do and how can you lay down your life and how can you serve them. It's all about serving you. You want children because you think this wrong thing is they're going to do things the way I want them to do things. And, and it's, you can have these vain imaginations where you, you actually project onto other people what you want to make them into. Just like with rebellion, you could have taken that on and did it for your own self. And the Bible says, thinking more highly of yourself than you ought. Now, I'm not talking to everybody. I'm talking to some people, but everybody can get something out of this teaching. Amen. And you have to stop a minute and get real with, did you create you in the image that you want you in? Because you rebelled against the parent, because you rebelled against God, because why did you think that you could create yourself so good? Superior. And then when we take on that, when we rebel against, let's say if you rebel against the parents God gave you. Now remember, you're a little kid, you don't know you're doing this, all right? Amen? This isn't about that. This is about getting free from rebellion. This is about getting free from some of the demonic spirits that come in to ruin your life because of rebellion. So if you had a very critical parent or you had a parent you were ashamed of, as a child, you could decide to make your own fantasy life. Now, whether you know it or not, it will probably lead to some form of mental illness or dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that if you don't get free. 
because you basically decided to judge everything and then to do it better than what you had. Which deep down goes back to what? Bitterness against God. Why did you put me in this family? Why are they not understanding me? Why is this happening? Why, 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 why? Amen? Now remember, we're talking about to little kids here. So there's, there's, first, there's no condemnation in Christ. And the reality is, unless you have really strong spirit-led parents, not just Christian parents, some of them were some of the biggest messes. Can I get an amen? But true spirit-led Christian parents, not they thought they were spirit-led, but the house is a mess. Okay, that's not spirit-led. That's something else-led. That can be really confusing. You could really rebel against that or you can embrace that and get something that's not real. Can I get an amen? So we're here about breaking down those things that keep us chained. Amen? And, and, and really getting free. And this stuff is, goes so deep if you want to be holy because he's holy. It's like, well, don't think of things that are past. No, think on things that are, have you entangled in bondage and ask Holy Spirit to set you free with the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. Amen? So if you have a wall because of rebellion, let me see if I can find this scripture I had. Is anybody getting anything from this? Amen? I mean, rebellion is something we could probably teach for a couple of weeks. There's all these different angles, but this is the one that... He's putting it on my heart tonight. All right, let me see. All right, let's look at, um, oh yeah, Romans 9 is first. Let's go to Romans 9.32. I kind of think this whole idea of rebellion is not going to be five minutes. Amen? Okay, let's go to 9.30. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. The non-Jewish people who weren't even pursuing righteousness were the ones who seized it, a perfect righteousness that is transferred by faith. Righteousness is being right where God wants us to be. Amen? And the only way anyone can be righteous is by accepting Jesus Christ as Lord, which does what? It, it causes our spirit to be born again, right? Which causes our spirit to now be alive and not in rebellion. Okay, it causes our spirit to be alive and not be in rebellion. Then we're supposed to renew our minds with God's word, right? And when we renew our minds, God's not asking your opinion, can I get an amen? He's not asking your opinion. He's telling you in his word. And then when you ask Holy Spirit to reveal it and your spirit begins to get strong because now your spirit's not rebelling. Amen. Then you can see where you are rebelling or where you have rebelled. Right. Right. And then what do I do when I see a place I've rebelled? I repent, which means God, oh, Forgive me. I see how that was against you. I see how now the enemy could use that to hurt me, to pass it on to my children, to ruin relationships. Oh my gosh, God, I want to be righteous. I want to be right where you want me to be. I want you in charge, God. Amen. I just want God in charge. For real. I don't want to be in charge. I don't want to be trying to control my spouse or control my kids or control you or anybody else. Amen. I don't want to be in charge. I want God in charge. Whew. Some of y'all better hear this because your rebellion is you wanting to take the place of God in the life of someone else. And then some people even spiritualize that. As if that's what God wants. That's not what God wants. 
God wants to raise your children through you. I want you to stop a minute. Are you raising your children? Is God raising your children through you? Or are you using God's name and word to condemn your kids, to judge your kids, or to make them feel like they'll never, ever be able to be good enough? Can I give you a heads up? Nobody will ever be good enough. Not your precious dumpling darlings. No matter how strict you are, how many books you've read, how many rules you have, and how disappointed you get. This is not about that. This is about our children seeing Christ in us and wanting him. I think some of you need to repent right now. I'm serious. You need to repent right now for how you've seen parenting or relationships. Relationships are not supposed to be about you and how it makes you feel and how it makes you look and how it makes you special. Relationships are supposed to be about God being glorified. So let's start with this. Let's forgive our parents. Really forgive our parents for where they did not understand or walk in. Maybe they understood, but they did not walk in a place where I really wanted Christ more than anything else. Now, if that's not your situation, then fine. Be thankful for the parents you got and how much you love God and you didn't rebel and, and you wanted it to be like him and you're so excited for what you've seen. Amen? But can I tell you, even spirit-led parents like myself, who was spirit-led from the time my kids were little, I also had a lot of flesh areas. I had wrong understanding areas. I had wrong teaching areas. And those areas affected my children and how they saw God. Amen? So I really have repented for that. And I'm watching God heal everything that self-righteousness has hurt. Amen? So Father, we just come before you now. Now Lord, I ask this to be so real for people in this room. Okay, let me say this one thing. If you don't think you need to forgive your parents and yet they were not, making you hungry to know Jesus Christ, then something's wrong in your thinking as a believer. Because you don't see anything right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your parents were supposed to give you such a demonstration of God and his unconditional love that you wanted to know Jesus. They're going to be held accountable before God for that. And if you are okay with them not doing that in your life, why? Because you got a strong man there. You got, you got a lie. You got something in you that makes you okay that you were not raised in such a way to know Christ. And that's going to put a wall or something there. Does this make sense? Because I know so many of you, I know the walls. It's like you don't see right. When you don't see right after you're a believer, then you're blind. You're blind before, but after you're a believer, that blindness stops you from being who you're supposed to be in Christ. Amen? And you have to see 
what you don't see to get free. And you have to get the mind to Christ. Lord, help me to see this. Why doesn't it? If you've never really stopped and, and after you've known the Lord and started walking with the Lord and thought, oh my gosh, Lord, I, if I had just known how to glorify you um, when my kids were young, oh Lord, just forgive me that I didn't know how to glorify you. And to go further, oh Lord, thank you for, like for me, thank you for how much my dad was able to reveal you though he didn't really know you. But the Lord had to knock my dad off of a pedestal I put him on because of things he did in my life that I ran to him. But I ran to him, but he wasn't really, he wasn't leading me to Christ. Amen. I ran to him to kind of punish somebody else in my life who had anger issues that would attack me. That's dysfunctional. Amen. It causes soul ties. It causes entanglements. It causes me not to see God correctly. Amen? I, I'm, I'm not, I'm thankful for having somebody to run to. So it was easy to embrace God when the time came. Amen? But it still wasn't what God wanted me to really grow up knowing and seeing. It's not what he wants me to demonstrate to my children. Is this making sense to you guys? I feel the Lord, whoa, he's breaking through some stronghold and some blind areas. Where you're blind, you don't see correctly. Where you don't see correctly, you can't get free. It's not godly thinking to be okay with not forgiving parents who didn't reveal Christ to you. It's also really wrong to not forgive them. Amen? It's wrong to not forgive them because God wants you to get to a revelation that you would be just like them, possibly given the same stuff happening and they didn't know what they were doing and you're to forgive. Amen? But when you don't think you need to forgive, what are you saying to God? Dag, nobody really needed my parents to know you, be led by your spirit and raise me up in a way that if I was trained up in the ways of you, that I wouldn't depart from it. That isn't really important. That's what you're saying to God. Okay, I know this is stretching it for some, but don't worry about it. There's other people who need to hear this. And if they need to hear this, I guarantee you people on there need to hear this because we have a lot of fake people out there. We have a lot of fake people sitting in the church who are not having real relationships with God, with their spouses, or with their kids, or with their friends, or with their family, because they have a wall there that they allowed there, not knowing that's dysfunctional. Can I get an amen? And that produces a place where you are blind. Jesus said he came to open the eyes of the blind. Remember, he came first to preach the gospel to the poor. This is all in Luke uh, 414, I believe, or 14.4, one of the two. And he came first, then then he came what? He came to heal the brokenhearted places. Well, if you don't even think you have a brokenhearted place, but you didn't have godly, spirit-led parents, you're bound to have a brokenhearted place. Amen? But you don't even know it because you took something in to handle it that wasn't the Holy Ghost. We want that something that came in to handle it to leave. Amen? 
Amen. It's just we're not, there's no condemnation. We're not judging parents. We all fall short of the glory of God. Amen. All of us. But that's why we repent. That's why you look at the fruit of your life. You look at the fruit of what's going on in your life, what's going on in your children's life, what's going on in your marriage, what's really going on. Come out of delusion. The Bible calls it vain delusions. Come out of it. Forget it. Get away from it. And look at how things are without being condemned and without condemning others. Do you know what I'm like, let God set you free. You got to forgive. But if you don't think you need to forgive where you do need to forgive, you're still in rebellion. Amen? Okay. And so know this, when God's opening blind eyes, so, so then it set the captives free. Heal the brokenhearted places, then bring deliverance. That's how he does it. Then he goes to this harder place because there's some things in your life you've been able to do that with, right? Right? Something, I'm saved now, I'm born again now, praise God. Okay, God healed this certain place. Okay, now I can really get deliverance. That thing is really gone. I don't think like that. I don't act like that. I'm not trying not to. It's really gone. For some people, it's really not gone because whatever you took in to, to make things kind of work is blocking all this. Okay, but for some people, it's out. So then, then after that, goes, now there's this harder, there's this, I don't say harder for him. There's this more difficult place to set people free from than just a healing the brokenhearted places and, and casting demons out. There's a place where they're blind. And where they're blind, they don't even know they have an issue. That's what we're dealing with tonight. That's what we're dealing with tonight. Okay, plus all these other things. There's plenty. If, if, you, if you don't need this, go read the whole thing in Timothy 14 times while I'm preaching this to somebody else because there's a lot there you need. Amen? There are people who have no real connection with human beings and they don't even know it. You almost, for Part of what God has me do and I try not to ever do this till I really care about somebody or love somebody so that they'll listen to me. I show them where they don't see right. Like, you're just not seeing this right. In other words, you're blind here. And, it, and it's a really difficult, it's not difficult to do, it's difficult for somebody to receive. Amen? And all you have to decide you know, that's where you have to get in and say, wow, you know, maybe, maybe what I think is healthy relationships isn't. Or maybe, you know, if you go through marriage after marriage, you can't be married 10 minutes and, and everything's terrible. If, you have, if your kids or everybody's all clinging to you and all messed up, there's something wrong. Amen? Amen? If that's how your family was, it was dysfunctional. Amen? There were entanglements. There's no condemnation. God just wants us free. It's for freedom that he sets us free. It's like, hey, I just want you free. I want you free from what the enemy did. I want you free from what the enemy did in your family. I want you free from your kids free from what you did to them. I just want everybody free. That's the heart of God. Amen? That's the heart I want. I just want you free. If you don't want to be free, stay bound. But it's sad when I watch your bondage hurt your children or hurt your marriage, or hurt other people who, are, who you're supposed to be shining to show God's glory for. Amen? You can be so hard-hearted you don't even realize how much you're hurting people that you're supposed to be revealing Christ to. 
but you don't even know it. You've got to stop and see, where is, am I in the self-focused person? Where am I, what is a real relationship? Self-focused or self-absorbed, and I used to have this, was everything, how does this affect me? How does this affect what's happening for me? How does this, I never cared how it made me look, to be quite honest. But I did, it was more like, oh, don't you see, what I'm doing is more important than what you're doing. And, what I'm, and I want to be the center of attention, and I want this, and I want that, because what I'm doing is so important for the God's glory. And the truth is, what I'm doing is important for God's glory, but what you're doing is important for God's glory if it's what he has you doing. It's when you get a need met doing it. Amen? But to really see, it's like, stop a minute and, and stop and ask. Don't blame the other person and scream at the other person. Why don't you sit down with somebody if you can't see this yet? Sit down with the child, sit down with the spouse and say, be honest with me. Do you, do you think I connect in a really human relationship kind of way with you? And if you kind of already know what they say, you kind of got your answer. Amen? This is about people. This isn't about pets. This isn't about what you look like. This isn't about your job or what kind of car you drive or how much money you have. This isn't about how much you give, how generous you are. This is about relationships with people. If that is not the main focus of your life, not how they make you feel, how do you value and esteem them? How does Holy Spirit flow through you to minister to them, to want to draw them close to God. Amen. What was the biggest thing God wants to be? One of the main things He wants. He wants us to quit being selfish. He wants us to quit being selfish. How is this going to make that other person, especially if it's your child or your spouse, how is how you just spoke to them or how you're handling things, how is that going to affect them? What is your motive? Well, nobody's good. My kids are going to do what, what they're supposed to do. Says who? For how long? The Bible's really clear. It actually says to the fathers, or the, if it's a single home, whoever's doing the discipline, do not, it's not a maybe don't, it says do not provoke your child to anger. Do not do this. The minute you provoke your child to anger, why does God tell you a do not as a parent? Why? Because you open the door for demons to get in your child and make them rebellious. either extremely submissive to the wrong spirit or rebellious. If you have that wall or something that makes something take the place of human relationship, then it doesn't matter. If you, if you're, if you're, if you say, but I give them everything. So they, they would actually be better off in a home where there's nothing. If somebody could love them. 
what, what is your value? What are you teaching them? What do you want them to? Oh, but they do everything I say. Why? Do they do everything you say because they see Christ in you and they really respect that you are helping them, that you love them, that they're first? Or are they afraid of you? Or they just can't wait to get away from you. They're going to do anything you say to get you off their case. You can have the most submissive child in the world who is extremely rebellious against God. And you're going to wonder what on earth happened. And this was some of your stories. They turn 18 or somebody comes along, they marry whoever or takes off with whoever and you don't even hear from them again. There's like no relationship. You can't make there be a good adult relationship when there was no child, when you weren't a parent to them when they were a child. Amen. God, God wants to heal us. There's no condemnation. He wants you free. It's not too late to heal relationships, even with grown children. But nothing's going to change till you see you. Can I get an amen? Nothing's going to change until you see you. And when you see rebellion showing up in your children and your grandchildren and whoever else, quit pointing at everybody else. Say, God, how am I showing them you? Where am I healed? How can I do these things? Show me. Show me how to pray. Show me how to intercede. Show me what to do. Amen. You don't stop till you see the victory. Part, part of tonight is busting through some blind spots. Amen. So I know people, she's so mean when she preached. I'm not mean. Quit calling me mean. I'm not mean. Amen. I just know how to zap something with a break or anointing when I need to zap it. Amen. The non-Jewish people who weren't even pursuing righteousness were the ones who seized it. A perfect righteousness that is transferred by faith. You want the righteousness that is transferred by faith. You want your children to get a righteousness that is transferred by faith. Amen. Yet Israel, even though pursuing a legal righteousness, did not obtain to it. And why was that? Because they did not pursue the path of faith. But, okay, listen, they did not get to the right standing with God. Here's the reason. Because they did not pursue the path of faith but they pursued works. They pursued self-righteousness. That's rebellious. If I do this, this, and this, if I make myself do this, if I do this, if I read the Bible, if I go to church, if I tithe, if I do this, if I do that, if I do this, if I do that, then I'm pursuing God. No, you're not. You're pursuing him through, okay, you're pursuing him through works. You cannot pursue God through works. You pursue God through a desire to be with him, a desire to know him, which means if you have a strong, if you have a blockage, if you have a, a guard, if you have a, a false guard over your spirit, amen, that guard is going to say, no, you can't come here. You chose to put me in charge of relationships a long time ago, and I'm not letting you have one with Christ. Nope, you're not having one with your spouse. You're not having one with your children. You're not having one with friends. You're not having a relationship. Does this help anybody? Okay, because some people don't know that that's not real. So that's where they're blind. Because the only thing they can go by is what somebody's saying that they actually think, well, I would like a this is, well, let me see, Holy Spirit's got to bust through, amen? But you have to say, there's got to be more than this. 
There's got to be more than this to marriage. There's got to be more than this to raising kids. There's got to be more than this to having friends. Because there is more. It's about enjoying people. Enjoying who God made them to be. Enjoying just talking to them, hanging out with them, listening to them, having rather you have, when I go to a nation such as the Philippines and, and, and they, they, they don't have hardly any money, I do not bring the American version of the Bible of teaching to them. It actually opened my eyes. I would rather see in our nation the kind of relationships I see in most of these churches with the little kids running around, having a good time, respecting their parents. But, you know, just so many kids. You'd never have a church service that looked like this, you guys. You'd have kids here, there. And they would, they would have fun, though. They're not real strict on them. They're, they can be a little strict on them sometimes, but not bad. The kids are enjoying being together with their parents and their friends and their families in church. They're enjoying each other's company. Now think about that. If we really came and got free enough to enjoy each other's company and then whew, Holy Spirit comes and joins the fellowship, how awesome would that be? It's the same for marriage. It's the same for child raising. It's the same for everything. I love having Jesus by his spirit show up at our family Christmas opening presents. Amen? He wants a real relationship with you, and it's not him that won't have a relationship with you. It's the thing you put in front of you in rebellion that blocks him because you put it there on purpose. It doesn't mean you knew it was going to result in this. You didn't put it there thinking you're going to be divorced. You didn't put it there thinking you're family was going to have messes there'd be rebellion in your kids things would not be that good amen right nobody put a, a spirit in charge expecting that right but in christ we can make it leave if we can open our eyes to see if we could open our eyes i don't want this i don't want this in the way quit buying the lie that if you had a parent who, who rejected you or you had a parent who didn't give you the time of day or you had a parent who had a hyper spirituality quit labeling God like your parent I don't feel the presence of God well because you probably grew up with so much mess and you hardened your heart against the real or you embraced the counterfeit and now you can't have something real with God because of you not because of him He's not going to die on the cross again for you. He's not going to hell ever again to be tormented for you. He can go there if he wants, but he's not going to go there. He's going to go there as God. He's not going to go there in your place. Amen? He's not going to do it. 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 So get over the lie in your tormenting thinking that he doesn't love you. If he only loved you. 
if he only cared about you, if he would only touch you, if he would only, he already has. You have taken on rebellion. You have put a lie there that's blocking you from feeling him. He has no trouble feeling you. He has no trouble, but you have no faith because your faith is in that wall that you put there, not being there so that God could touch you. But you gave that wall permission to be there. You gave it permission to be there if you were in some people in a family with counterfeit spirituality, which I see all the time in the church today. Some of you put the wall there when you decided, I don't care what my mom says. She may never know how angry I am with her, but I'm not doing anything she says. Not with my heart. You know, you could do every single thing that your parent tells you to do, but if your heart is not to obey them and honor them as God says, you are doing it in rebellion. You're also doing it feeling superior. Well, you think I'm doing this because you're telling me to. Uh -uh, I'm doing this because I already chose I was going to do this. Can I get an amen? Here's the good news. You want good news? Does anybody want good news? You can repent. And you can make the thing bow its knee. And you can begin to watch everything change. You are not going with your rebellion to cause God come and do it your way. Amen? Because you're not God. He's not going to bow his knee to you. He's not going to bow his knee to what you want, when you want it, and how you want it. Amen? Can you say amen? amen. Aren't you glad he's not going to let you be his God? And if you still think you could do it better than him, you need to really, really repent of rebellion and high-mindedness. You need to get to such a place of brokenness that you know he's the only one who can rescue you. You know he's the only one who knows what he's doing. He's the only one. And if there's a problem in getting your answer, the problem is not God. The problem is in something you are believing incorrectly. The problem is in something you brought in to yourself. It could be generational curse. It could be something you participated in. All of it is tied to rebellion. Can I get an amen? And you keep whining and crying and wanting God to do something, and he's not going to do anything else. Amen? You've got to hate what he hates. He hates rebellion. Go study rebellion. Amen? He hates rebellion. You rebel against God every time you question his word as if it works for you. Every time. Every time you have that one lie that says, well, he heals other people but not me. You're in rebellion. You're lying about God. You are lying about the nature and goodness of God. You are lying about who he is and what he does and how good he is. Can I get an amen? And yeah, the devil's tormenting you because you're agreeing with the liar against God. When you think, well, God will touch everybody but not me and that's okay. Why would that be okay? First of all, it's a lie. God won't touch everybody but you. He doesn't act like that. He's not, a, he's not a respecter of persons. He's not a respecter of persons. Amen? 
You've got to change your stinking thinking, as other people say. You've got to quit agreeing with lies against God. It is extremely rebellious to believe a lie against God. Can I get an amen? Tully. So here's the good, good, good news. He doesn't need to change. Here's some more good news. You can. You can. And if you don't, you're choosing not to. Amen? If you don't let God change your heart through repentance, you made that choice. Quit whining about it. Quit blaming God. Quit listening to people who blame God. Ask them why they're so rebellious. You will stop torment. Torment is a very good indicator that Satan is talking to you. That's what torment is. Torment is Satan is talking to you. Amen? That's what torment is. Anxiety. Anxiety is somewhere you rebelled against God and the spirit of fear got in. So you got to really go back and do this stuff. God, forgive me for whatever. This is a really big topic. All right. You need to repent if you pursue God by works instead of faith. Now, how do I pursue God by faith? So what is faith? Faith is the substance or the very, the real deal of things that you earnestly expect. Faith is the same. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word hope means I really expect this. So you have to have an expectation, an expectation to be healed, an expectation for your marriage to work, an expectation for your, your relationships with your children to be healthy, an expectation for God to take care of you or show you what to do. You understand? You, you, if you don't have any hope, then you're really rebelling against God. But don't you understand? When you don't agree with what he says about himself, you are rebelling. Amen? And get rid of the American version. I hope so. That's not hope. I earnestly expect, I earnestly expect a lot of things that I see. It may take a while. I am not going, by God's grace, I'm not going to be like Moses and let trying to help the same people get into the promised land cause me to do this outside of the way God wants me to do this. I want the promised land. Amen. Not, not that Moses didn't. I'm not judging Moses. I promise you. I'm actually taking that scripture pretty serious these days. Now, when, when I look at you guys, I know a lot of your stories and then people who are watching and nations he sends us to. He really sends me to people who come out of a lot of rebellion, come out of a lot of hurt, a lot of abuse, a lot of rejection. And he has to bust through the blinders. He has to, by his spirit, help you to understand how Satan set you up 
to not be able to pursue him by faith. Faith is the substance of things earnestly expected, but yet not seen. So you have to earnestly expect God to be real in your life. You have to earnestly expect for God to uh, be, be as real in your life as he is in other people's lives. Amen. You have to earnestly expect. So on your notebooks, which I know all of you rule followers have brought, make another list. Remember, we have the first list. Does everybody remember what it was? Write down the things you remembered, where you rebelled, and your assignment this week is to go back and seriously repent of those things. If you did drugs, that's a place. If you did any witchcraft, any Ouija board, anything new age, if you did anything that you knew blatant was rebellion, repent. Then go back and repent of any unintentional rebellion such as pursuing God through works instead of faith, such as not believing he is who he says he is. Amen? Blaming him for stuff. It's very rebellious to blame God and to question his character because you, have, because you are not agreeing with him. Amen? Then the second list, what was the second list I just said? I, huh? Did I not finish? The second list, I can't remember. Okay, yes, what are you expecting? Thank you. So your second list is, you're going to pursue by faith, right? You're going to pursue by faith. Faith is the substance of things earnestly expected but not seen. Because once you see it, you don't have to go after it in faith anymore, people. I want you to see in your life, there's things you should be earnestly expecting. So write down, what should I be earnestly expecting? Based on God's word, based on his promise. I earnestly expect this ministry to grow so big that you'll have a hard time finding a parking space. I earnestly expect this ministry to grow so big that there will be meetings here six days a week, possibly day and night. Have I quit expecting that when there was a shaking and some of the people left the church? No. Have you ever seen me stop expecting that? Do you know how very old I am and I'm still expecting that? Amen. I didn't overly earnestly expect God to give me a beach house for ministry purposes. I kind of gave that one back to him, whatever, Lord, I'm kind of busy. And then when he was doing it, he goes, do you want this? You had faith for it. So pursue faith. Pursue God in faith only. Otherwise, you're not. You're backtracking, people. You're backtracking. You're going the opposite. You're getting further and further and further away from your promise. Oh, get the picture of this. If I'm not pursuing him in faith, earnest expectation, earnest expectation of what he's promised in his word, earnest expectation, I'm going to pursue him in faith. When I'm not pursuing him in faith, 
I'm actually going backwards. When I pursue him with works, well, I read the Bible 10 times and he didn't do it yet. And I watched this teacher, that teacher. He, you're not going to get to him or to your promises with works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Because you can have works without any faith. But if you have faith, your works will reveal it. What, what's my works? How does she know she's going to have a bigger ministry? I'm not trying to have a bigger ministry. I'm really content. But the way I know that I'm going to have is because of what he's given me is so powerful to help people. Because I've seen the dead raised. I know we have over seven or 8,000 people being mentored by this ministry internationally. I know we have hundreds of pastors who are, have one way or another connected with this ministry or people that we are training up. I know, guess what we're just about to do? We're just about to take our mentorship page and add a Uganda, a Uganda page, a Philippines page, and a um, India page. And let them, the, the ones we work with, start teaching. And we're going to believe God already for the money to come and hire somebody else in to start to make the connections, to Zoom conferences through those nations and other nations, which reminds me, somebody in Peru wants us to do a love offering to help them with an outreach. And I said, yes. Okay, why does she do all this? Because she earnestly expects what God has promised me. Amen? It's impossible how he pays for all this. But he does. I didn't even worry about that anymore. I should have never worried about it, but I used to, but I don't. I just, Lord, what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? When are we going to do it? Let's do it. Amen? So, so when I pursue in faith, I'm not waiting till this place is completely full before I do international ministry. Amen? I would have missed mainly what he's had me doing for the last 10 years, right? I earnestly expect him to bring us a really big worship team. Do you know how much I would love to go into prophetic worship on Friday nights for hours and corporately have a group of people hanging out with God and enjoying God's presence and getting so loop-de-loo in God and full of his spirit? Oh my goodness, I can't wait. I earnestly expect it. I earnestly expect him to pay all the bills around here and give me extra. What do you earnestly expect? What do you earnestly expect? And it needs to have some truth, some, some, uh, mm, okay. Where you put earnestly expect in your notebooks that I earnestly expect you all to start using. Get a pretty little journal. Do what you need to do, but do something. You need to put, I earnestly expect. Then you need to tell me the scriptures he's given you or you've seen to, as to why you expect that. Then you need to start writing down <coughs> things he's done to encourage your faith. You need to show me how you are pursuing in faith this God and his promise. See, I can't do that part for you, okay? I can give you assignments, totally straight led by Holy Spirit. Do you know what I earnestly expect? I earnestly expect every time I stand up and turn a mic on that I'm going to preach something that you need to hear. 
That's why he told me I was so unreligious. He said, you're, the, you're, you're one of my most unreligious people on the earth. Because I didn't study any of this today because I did other stuff. I wanted to. I, wa I said yesterday, I said tomorrow, I'm going to just study on rebellion. And I said, well, no, I'm going to study on rebellion today. I didn't study it once. I didn't even open. This is it. Are you bragging about that? No, I just earnestly expect him to do what he's going to do because if he wanted me to study it, guess what? He would have had me studying it. That's because I'm not religious. When he called that prayer meeting Sunday morning, oh my goodness, he called a prayer meeting. We all thought, we, did, we didn't know. What, I'm going to tell you what, you don't want to miss the Sunday when God pours out the apostolic anointing in this place. You don't want to miss it. If that was just a tiny taste, huh, you just don't, mm, just one taste and know how good he is. But you have to earnestly expect that he's going to give you a taste. And then you have to tell me why. Not me, but yourself and your notebooks. Why do I expect him? And here's rebellion. I don't need him to do that. Okay, let me say something. Okay, maybe need's not the correct word. All right, all right, get this. If you want him to prove something by doing it, he's not going to do it. So don't use the word need as proof. I want him to prove he loves me. I want him to prove he'll touch me. I want him to prove he'll heal me. He will never jump into that arena because you are trying to be his boss. There's no faith in that. That is a spirit of rebellion. Telling him what he has to do before you'll believe. No, you got to believe before he's going to do what he's going to do. Unless he decides to do it differently. Paul didn't believe when he had a Damascus road, now did he? He believed once he got whammed. But he paid for it the rest of his life. He died a, a martyr's life. He lived, he was beaten and bruised and uh, tortured more than any other person in the Bible almost, if not for sure. So maybe not ask to have a Damascus road. Maybe if God gives you one... <laughs> He'll, he'll know how to handle it. Amen? Do you understand what I'm saying? See how you are pursuing God in faith. Now get this. Fast, get rid of, stop pursuing him by works. Hmm. Gosh, this is so... All right. Does that mean I'm telling you not to read your Bibles and not to have time set aside for God and not to read the word. No. It means I'm telling you, quit thinking if you do those things, he has to jump through your hoops. Because he isn't even interested in your hoops. Your hoops are rebellious. Well, God, I did this and I did that. and I did. That's rebellion against God. And who he is. As if you can work your way into God's favor. Amen? So, I tithe in obedience to God because I believe his word and I know he takes care of me. And I want him to stop the devour. Amen? I tithe in faith, not works. 
this is a really big part of getting free from condemnation, self-righteousness. Amen. Now, you don't have to hear God to know what to tithe. He tells you what to tithe. Offerings are different. Offerings, you can hear God. If you don't, then in faith, you can give anyway. Amen. Because they did not pursue the path of faith, but insisted on pursuing righteousness by works as if it could be seized another way. They were offended by the means of obtaining it and stumbled over the stumbling stone. Just as it is written, be careful, I am setting in Zion a stone that will cause people to stumble, a rock of offense that will make them fall, but believers in him will not experience shame. All right, let me, let me help break this down for some of you. Jesus is cool with offending you when you're trying to get to him with works. He's okay if you're offended that you're the only one in the room not feeling his presence if you're trying to get to him by works. If you're not a faith pursuing person, does everybody, okay, here, here's the part, get this. It's rebellious. It's rebellious once you know who he is or, or his word says about him to not enter in by faith. Okay, get this, get this, get this. This is so good. Everybody get this, pay attention. You cannot enter in by faith with a work. And here's the cool part. You can only enter in by faith, by trusting him. He has to do it. His spirit has to do it. His spirit has to do it. Not you. And whatever is afraid in you that his spirit won't do it, doesn't know him. It's like um, when faith drops into your heart and he's like, um, go buy the building, like go buy this building. I didn't pursue this with works. I didn't go to the bank, try to get a loan, try to find out how much it was. I mean, I counted the cost some. I was way off. My math has never been great. But I just had to come sign the papers. How did you know? Because I knew he called me to do it. I knew it was a God idea, not a Cindy idea. I knew that his word is true. I, I didn't know how much he was going to scare a lot of stuff out of me. Amen. Amen. See, he is about shaking us. And if you don't let him shake you, the devil's going to come and just squish you. Then all of a sudden you might break through a little and get some faith. God, if you don't save me from this. Amen. It's that place where you quit trying to do it by your works and you jump into the one who has already done it. And that's called faith. Amen. But deal with rebellion. Deal with the things that were prophesied over you by parents that were rebellious. Break generational curses. You will not become what your father became or your mother became that wasn't of God. I want you to say, I will not become what my parents became without God. I will not become what the devil made my parents to become. I don't judge them. I forgive them. I thank you for every place they had a breakthrough. But everything prophesied over me by the enemy will not come to pass in Jesus name. Whoa. See, sometimes when you start doing this, you start realizing, wow, that thing that I thought was a human being and it was in a human being spoke to me 
directly and said I was going to be just like that or I was going to get a divorce or I was going to do that. Now, let me tell you this. When you then all of a sudden, well, not me, in your own strength, then the enemy's going to come in and beat the tar to you. Amen? Because I cannot pursue the promises of God by my works. Amen? Amen? Is this making sense? All right. Let's go to the next chapter. My beloved brothers and sisters, the passionate desire of my heart and my constant prayer to God is for my fellow Israelites to experience salvation. In other words, when we really walk with God, we should want everyone we know to find Christ. Amen. We should want every American to find Christ. We should want all of our loved ones to find Christ. We should want this generation that is living in so much wickedness and rebellion to find Christ. Amen. For I know that although they are deeply devoted to God, they are unenlightened. We have to want, whew, we have got to not be okay with people just going to church. We want them to know Jesus Christ. We want our children to experience and know Jesus Christ, to love his word, to love his spirit, to love the father. We want something so real for them. Amen. Since they've ignored the righteousness God gives, wanting instead to be acceptable to God because of their own works, they refuse to submit to God's faith, faith, righteousness. Okay. Let's just get all this through because it's a rebellion. Your own works is not what's going to cause God to do anything for you. He will not like you more. He will not bless you more. He will not think you're better than someone else. Your own works are filthy rags to him. If it's not faith led, Holy Spirit led, faith motivated, it means nothing in the kingdom. But it, but it could be, it could make you self-righteous and delusional. Do you get what I'm saying? This is all about him, not you. This is all about what he's done, who he is, what he's already promised you, and what he's already accomplished. And it's about you believing him, believing in him, believing in him, not believing in you and your works and your abilities, not trying to make something happen, not trying to make that kid right or make that wife right or make that husband right. Or it's about God. It's about him being seen in you, him flowing through you. It's about you dealing with your own junk and throwing it out in Jesus name by his spirit. Amen. Does everybody get this? All right. For the Christ is the end of the law. Because of him, God has transferred his perfect righteousness to all who believe. Moses wrote long ago about the need to obey every part of the law in order to be declared right with God. The one who obeys these things must also live by them. In other words, if you break even one part of the law, you have to go to hell as if you broke the whole law. If you want to live based on works. So if Satan can get you about works 
and self-righteous and how good you are and how you do things right and how much, do you see what I'm saying? Then Satan can sit there and say, well, you didn't do this. Well, you didn't do this. Well, you didn't do this. Well, you didn't do this, but you didn't do this. But remember when you did this? Remember when you said this? Remember, he's your judge in that. That's tormenting. Let it go and quit being rebellious and questioning the character of God. Amen. All right. We receive God's faith in his righteousness that speaks a different message. Don't for a moment think you need to climb into the heavens to find the Messiah and bring him down here or descend into the underworld to bring him up from the dead. But your faith and that kind of righteousness we, rec we receive speaks to us in these words of Moses. God's living message is very close to you, as close as your own heart beating in your chest and as near as the tongue in your mouth. Faith, being right where God wants you to be, trusting him, believing him, accepting what Jesus Christ has done, busting rebellion out of your hearts, amen? Getting that wall to bow its knee in Jesus' name and not thinking it's okay to be there, amen? Not thinking that God's okay as long as you do and say all the right things. It's not what he's after. Mm, get this. God is not after you saying and doing the right things. Quit being after your children doing and saying the right things. Be after a heart that has been changed by the Holy Spirit. Everything else is rebellion. Train up a child in the way they should go. That doesn't mean give them a bunch of rules and punishments. It means, Holy Spirit, how do I train up this child? How do I help this child? Lord, what do we do to heal this child? How do we break off generational stuff off of this child? You should have this real relationship with God. Amen? And he should be your teacher. And he should be the one guiding you and showing you. And yes, you can hear teaching anointed and get that. And then you should pick up with that though, instead of making rules and say, oh, Holy Spirit, I want to I wanna know you like that. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me with this. And then you go in faith. Amen. You go in faith. And you sit down in faith. And you say, God, this seems awkward to me right now, maybe, but I'm just believing that you are who you say you are. So I'm believing and I'm believing in faith trusting that you are who you say you are, that you're going to help me with this situation. I'm asking you for wisdom because you promise if I ask for wisdom, you're going to give me wisdom. So here I am asking for wisdom. I'm not going to Google everywhere else and find the world's wisdom or that person's wisdom. or the, I want your wisdom and I want your wisdom and it needs to come out of your word. And then I can hear other people speak it or teach it. Give me your word, Lord. Teach me your ways, Lord. Amen. He goes, what is God's living message? It is the revelation of faith for salvation, which is the message that we preach. For if you publicly declare with your, okay, here we go. Here we go. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. Now, the key to that is, remember it says, I will show you my faith by my works, right? I will show you my faith by my works. Hmm. I will not get, I will not get an end result because of my works, but my faith will produce something. So when I say out of my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, because in my heart, I believe it. 
right? Remember we talked about the heart is the part that connects your soul and your spirit. The heart is what keeps your soul and your spirit forever united. Okay? I just want, I just want you to see. What's a heart? Your heart, not your physical heart. But how I many know without your physical heart, you would not have your body. You would not, you know, your, your physical heart keeps your body and your soul together. Because <laughs> when that heart quits, your soul leaves that body. Right? And your spirit and your soul can never be separated because the, the, the heart that God talks about in scripture is the connection between your heart and your spirit that can never, ever, ever be separated. That's why if your spirit goes to hell because it's not born again, your soul goes with it. Amen? Doesn't that make sense? You always hear all these cute words, heart. So I said, what is the heart? He's like, it's the connecting place between your soul and your spirit. So if I believe him with all my heart, oh, wait a minute. If I believe him where my soul is in agreement with my spirit that is just beginning to taste that God is real, that Jesus Christ is the son of God, that he died for my sins. If I believe with my heart, my mouth is going to confess it. And when I confess it because of the faith that's in my heart and my soul to believe, or that's in my heart, which is the connection between your heart and your soul, okay? Isn't that good? So when I get that connection and my soul is in agreement with my now born again spirit, amen, I can confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Now what's happened? My soul, my spirit, and my body have all come in agreement to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And then I know I'm saved. I'm not just hoping I'm saved. I'm not just guessing I'm saved. I know I'm saved. Amen? So the same way you accepted Jesus Christ as Lord for real and you just knew something was going on and it was your, you just knew it with your brain but you knew in your heart, you can't explain it, but you knew something had changed, amen? And if that hasn't happened for you, then ask God to make that real for you. Ask God for your spirit to come to life and your soul to agree with that life and confess it with your mouth. Because if you did this wrong and went to an altar call to confess with your mouth and think that would make your heart get right, you were wrong. Amen? Pastor's like, don't hit me. <laughs> I'll sit in the middle next time. <laughs> Amen? Mm. Okay, this, this is the faith part. This is the faith part. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by my spirit connecting with the spirit of God and hearing with my soul what God is saying. Amen? And by his word, his written word that he reveals to me. That's why when I preach the word and speak the word and say the word, because there's a spirit of Holy Spirit on it, right? It goes to your spirit. It goes, yes. And then your soul goes, oh, yes. And then you believe with what? Your heart. And when you believe with your heart, it all comes together. 
But if I'm just trying to believe with my mind, but I got my spirit locked up behind some big devil that I took in, not trusting or liking God and thinking I could create my own self, right? Then all I'm ever believing is with my head. And that can make you legalistic and actually cause death. Now, I think for some people, the, the wall they got in there that they put there ha has like little holes in it through time. And so, so some bust through, amen? And in those places, you get enlightened, right? And then, you know, I, I could believe here. I could believe here. Well, how about you bring the whole darn demon down that you put there to guard your heart? Oh, think about it. If it guards your heart, what's it doing? There's going to be no agreement here between the soul and the spirit. There's going to be no agreement here between the soul and the spirit. Uh-uh. Mm -mm. Oh, they can read the word. They can have it here. But they're not going to have it between their soul, their real personhood, who they are, and their spirit man, which is which is married with Christ, one with Christ. No, there's not going to be an agreement there. You need to get that devil off of your heart. And that's what, what you became hard-hearted. You became hard-hearted because your parents hurt you. You became hard-hearted because somebody misunderstood you. You became hard-hearted because you were abused. You became hard-hearted because you thought you didn't need anybody. Amen? So that is what that devil is. So go look up the scriptures. I never saw this before on being hard-hearted. Amen? Somebody write that down, so I'll try to preach it next week. Don't be hard-hearted. Boy, that makes sense. Amen? You, mm, gosh, that's what it is. That's when we say, what's that guard? It's something, a spirit that came in and hardened your heart. Your heart, the connection between your soul and your spirit. That's why you can hear it, but it never seems to get into your spirit. So there can be no agreement. And you can't believe with your heart. Because you got a devil there saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, Amen. And if somebody ministers enough to you and talks to you enough and prays for you and you feel this, then maybe it busts through now and then. Wouldn't you love to just let it flow? Wouldn't you love just to easily receive from God and easily hear the voice of God and easily walk in the things of God? So you have to choose to renounce rebellion. You have to choose to hate what God hates, quit agreeing against him, forgive people, and go as deep as Holy Spirit takes you to get free from generational curse. Look at where you... Mm, okay, okay. Mm, thank you, Lord. Some of you... <laughs> some of you knew God was real. You watched him heal you. You watched him deliver you. You saw where he was... Even though you were being a hypocrite... You were rebellious the whole time in church, out sleeping around, drinking, playing lousy music, watching garbage, pornography, and all other kinds of garbage. While you're in church acting all sweet and nice, even feeling the presence of God sometimes. He's faithful even when you're not. Amen. That was you walked as a blatant hypocrite in full rebellion in the very house of God. I think you better repent. Big time. I think you need to really see. I think you need to really see how evil that was. And hate what he hates. And however you got to that place of rebellion, whether it was judging a parent, whether they think God doesn't really care, whether it was just living a lustful life. Can I get an amen? 
you need to go and deal with that serious. You need to get before God serious and with all your heart, repent. Okay, now that we got this understanding of heart, isn't it powerful? Not only does my soul have to repent, but my spirit, my spirit, which is one with Holy Spirit, has to come in agreement and believe in that repentance and that power to be forgiven and that power to be healed. My soul and my heart have to come in an agreement that says, yes, God, thank you, God. Set me free, God. Heal me, God. Oh, forgive me, God. Oh, forgive me, God. Next week, if I think about it, you guys help me. Uh, let's just look at hard, hard, hearted. Amen. Because there's seared conscience, but there's also hard hearted. And, and I'm seeing today that some of these things that have stood in the way for some of you who love God, you've, you've tasted them some, you've, you've seen the changes in your life, you've, you've done things the word says, I'm not coming against any of that, amen? Praise God, there's no condemnation in Christ, but it hasn't gotten you to the place that God died to get you to, amen? It isn't going to be able to get us through the days that are ahead, amen? We, we're entering some really dark times, we already have. And we're going to need to believe who God says we are. We're going to believe. We're going to have to trust him. We're going to have to deal with. He never misses it, you guys. He's faithful even when we're not. Amen. But we have to repent and turn from all these evil things. Amen. Is this helping anybody? Okay. The heart. <laughs> The heart that believes in Christ receives the gift of righteousness of God and the mouth gives thanks to the salvation. For the scriptures encourage us with these three, three words. Everyone who believes in him. Now listen, this is so good. Okay, front row, you listen. I want you to listen to this. Romans 10, 11. Everyone who believes in Christ will never be disappointed. If you've been disappointed in Christ guess what? You have a hard heart. Therefore, you never really believed. Maybe you just didn't believe for healing. Maybe you didn't believe for tasting and seeing how good he is. Maybe you just didn't believe that he would ever bring you into his fullness. Amen. It's different places where you can have a hard heart. That says, no, nope, not here. Mm -mm, not here. Amen. So we need to go and ask Holy Spirit. And we need to earnestly expect him to show us. Amen. How, how many of you come here many times and God uses what he gives me to answer things you've been talking to him about? Whether you think he heard you or not. Amen. Okay. That's God still talking to you through his word, using me to help bust through. Amen. The same way he does that, he will, if you earnestly expect, talk to you about things. Amen? But you have to see. So I want you to get this. I want you to get this. I know we got to finish tonight. I want you to get this. Get this. It's the hard-hearted place. It's hard-heartedness that's causing your problems. All of them. Find out. This is your, this is your third page list. Where am I hard-hearted? You know how you can find out? What things do you not earnestly expect? Okay, Whew, get this one. In the places 
where you don't earnestly expect or hope, okay, that's a place in rebellion. That's a place where Satan has authority to keep that promise from you. So I want you to deal with how do I deal with not being able to get that promise? Do I blame God? Do I say, well, I don't care anyway, or do I change doctrine? What do I do? What do I do when I have a hard place that now, now you see what it is, right? Now you see there's a place Satan has sown into your life. You open the door. It could be generational curse. It could be things you heard taught wrong, whatever it is, right? That's caused you to be hard hearted, right? And it's a place where the truth cannot get in and cause you to believe in your heart, the connecting place between your spirit and your soul. The connection's not happening. There's hardness there. I want you to start analyzing that. See, I don't have time to do this for everybody, right? Amen? You're going to have to put on your big boy pants and your big girl pants and start spending time doing this or just have the mess you have. That's between you and God. I choose to do this on a regular basis like every day. I can tell you something today he showed me that was powerful, but I don't have time. It's very, very cool, actually. The stuff I go through to get to some of these things. Does everybody get this now? Okay, so those are your three assignments. Gosh, we didn't even finish reading. Let, let me just read this really fast. So everyone who believes in Christ will never be disappointed. Look at where you've been disappointed and recognize you don't believe in Christ there. In that area, you have a hardened heart. Okay, and then, we're gonna, then you can start dealing with that. Okay, it says the Lord has enough treasures to lavish generously upon all who call on him. In other words, he has enough for all of us. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be rescued and experience new life. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be rescued and experience new life. How, but how can people call on him for help if they've not yet believed? Oh, if he's not, if you are not seeing breakthrough, you're not believing, not believing in your heart. You might believe in your head. You might even believe in your soul, but you're not believing where your spirit and your soul are joined and, and, and it's your heart. The two have to come in agreement. Amen. Are you getting this? The spirit part you have, there's nothing you can do about that, is it? Except get rid of the hard heartedness. How do you do that? Ask God how it got there. Repent, break the power of it. And then the spirit with, which is one with Holy Spirit, is going to flow freely so you can believe with your spirit and your soul so you can believe with all your heart. Does that make sense? See, the spirit part you'll never be able to do. Amen? But you can recognize the enemy is stopping you from being able to believe, right? Right? And you can repent, break generational curses, Ask Holy Spirit to show you and bust that thing out and make it bow its knee to the name of Christ. Amen. Don't agree with it. Quit agreeing with it. If you're disappointed, you agreed with it. Amen. Does this make sense? You know, this gives you guys something to just do this. Get off of Facebook or whatever else, sports, TV. Just close everything down and spend an hour doing this. It'll really change your life. Put some worship music on or whatever. Amen? You think you come here with this many people and we're going to get to all this at once? No, that's why I preach it this way. All right. All right. 
How can they believe in one they've not yet heard of? How can they hear a message of life if there's no one to proclaim it? Well, you've heard and I'm proclaiming it so you can get it. How can the message be proclaimed if the messengers have yet to be sent? That's why the scripture says, how welcome is the arrival of those proclaiming the joyful news of peace and of good things to come. All right, I'm, it keeps on. Um, okay, listen to this one. But not everyone welcomes the good news. As Isaiah said, Lord, is there anyone who hears and believes our message? Romans ten seventeen. Faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. Let me look at this as in a different translation. Faith, <laughs> the faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. Now he says that a lot different than the other one. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of God. And he says, faith is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed message and to the anointed one. Okay, so I, I like how God had us look at this one. Your faith is going to be birthed in your heart, which is where your soul and your spirit come in agreement. Amen? So we've got to get the hardness of the heart out of the way. So write down on one of your pages, and we'll hopefully get to next week, where has my heart been hardened? Where has my heart been hardened? What's a hardened heart? Give up on God. It doesn't matter. He's not going to take care of this. I'll just have to take care of this myself. All of those are places, or it doesn't matter. It never works for me. All of those are hard hearted places amen they're lies from the pit of hell that you've believed that has allowed a spirit to come in and block you from having a wonderful relationship with god amen and that will overflow into wonderful relationships with other human beings amen isn't it exciting see if i can if you can get to the problem amen you can start finding the answer. We know the answer is Christ, but we have to ask, seek and knock. Lord, I've asked, now I get it. I'm hard-hearted in this area. Write down the areas. So Lord, now I'm seeking you. Lord, show me how. How do I get free? How do I repent? Remember, all freedom is going to come from repentance, renouncing, accepting what Christ has paid for, and using his word. Amen? You can do this. All right. Listen to this, though. I get it. Romans 10, 20. He's talking... He's talking about, and that's, we're putting this in terms for now. He's talking about some of you, and some of you think this. Gosh, they just, they found Jesus so fast. He just, they just felt him. They got zapped in the Holy Spirit. They just flow they, so fast. And here I've been crying and crying out, and he he's, doesn't even touch me. Okay, that's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a place where you took, uh, um, you're blaming God. You're not trusting God. Listen to what he says. Isaiah, the prophet declared, those who found me, this is the Lord saying, those who found me, they weren't even seeking me. I manifested myself before those who weren't even asking to know me. Yet regarding you, with love, I held out my hands day after day, offering myself to this unbelieving and stubborn people. So you want to get free from being unbelieving and stubborn. Amen. Somebody who's not unbelieving and not stubborn could hardly know God at all, come to one meeting and get totally zapped by the power and presence of God and be changed. Amen. So if you're having problems because of a hard heart, 
recognize is because you can't believe because of that hardness in your heart and you're stubborn. And that's another whole topic. Stubborn's like, well, too bad. It was God's fault, not mine. Well, this is just how it is. Well, it must be him. Okay, quit believing and holding on to lies about God that come from Satan. Amen? Or they come from anywhere, but they're going to come from Satan. All right, we're going to do Romans 11 next week, maybe. You guys remind me. Um, and uh, we're going to look at hard-hearted. Amen? You've all got a homework assignments. Those watching, you have homework assignments. I just want to do this because thousands of people will actually see this. Father, those who are listening, Lord, I ask that you soften their hearts right now. Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus that these hard places in their hearts, Lord, they'll begin to ask you to heal them. Lord, that they could believe with all their heart the connection of their soul and their spirit. It doesn't make any sense because the spiritual part no one can do anything about but you, God. And the soul is where our, we're beginning to agree with our spirit coming to life. So, Lord, for those who are listening who do not know you. Father, right now, I pray that they can believe with their heart that you died, Jesus Christ. You died, Jesus Christ, for their sins, for their rebellion. You paid the price. And now you will release your faith into them and your spirit will live in them and they can declare that you are the Lord of their life. For you are the son of God and you came to redeem all of us. So, Father, right now, anyone who's listening, if in their heart they all of a sudden believe, in their spirit, in their soul, if all of a sudden they just don't understand it, but they believe, let them now say with their mouth, Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Jesus Christ is my Lord. And your word declares that they are now saved. And so, Father, we give you praise for your word. We give you praise for those who are going to be saved with this message, even as it goes um, throughout the nations. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.